Oh, I'm, I, rem, I have this story, but tell me again because I forget it. Well, I thought I reported it. Anywho. Always get in shape from these old queens. This is August from the LGBTQ History Project and the host of the Queer Core Podcast. These episodes have been heavy hitting and hard, so let's keep our eyes on the prize and laugh a little bit. What did you think of our last episode featuring Perry Brass, Blood, and Billy Clubs? This next shorter episode features my dear friend Rumi Misabu, a crazy coquette who took a wrong turn, got lost, and was too stubborn to ask for directions. It's what we call a queer core quickie. A little teaser before our most earth-shattering episodes featuring the secret origins of the rainbow flag. What you've been told isn't 100% true, but back to Rumi. You're lying if you say you don't have time for a quickie. Rumi was an original member of the San Francisco hippie performance troupe, The Coquettes. The Coquettes were high action, out front, out of the closet entertainers, the satiric cutting edge of the first wave of gay liberation. Rumi left The Coquettes after a year and a half, moved to New York, and then returned to San Francisco. For 35 years, he never had a government ID, work record, or social security number. He was convinced the hippie days would never end. Everything had to be done on his own terms. I have over 500 recordings of Rumi spanning 11 years. He's blabbing on the phone, wind him up, and watch him twirl. November 1970, right? Right. Just to get your head around a date, around a date. Uh, in fact, October, uh, Halloween, Halloween weekend, 1970, when the Coquettes were doing Les Ghouls, the Halloween show in which I played Mick Jagger. There's a setup, okay? Okay. <laughs> that one night, Coquette, Johnny and me were at a, a meeting at the Hate Street House and uh, came home and Aaron was asleep and we had a bag of weed. Just a bag of weed. It was errands. And uh, we went into my house. Oh, on the way into the house, out front, it was dark, I noticed someone in the bushes. And I just thought, that was weird. Someone's in the bush, right? What was that about? We didn't think much about it. Me and Johnny went inside. You had to walk up some stairs to the building, and then you unlocked the front door, which was like a, a parlor, indoor lobby. And then my door was at the end of the lobby, uh, right, right into my kitchen. So I... Went inside, woke up Aaron. Rumi, Coquette Johnny, and Coquette Aaron were all hanging out at their house, just sitting next to the coffee table. And all of a sudden, pop, 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 big knock on the door. And I said, what the hell is this? I'm not expecting anybody. No, no, no. Who's that? No, I don't know. So I got up myself and I opened the door. And there was a girl there at the door, and she was literally sweating. Her hair was all stringy. She was sweating. And she said, Billy Morrow's outside. Billy Morrow's outside. And I looked behind her. She was in, she was in the lobby of the building, inside, inside the house, inside the building, but uh, at, my, at my front door. And Billy Morrow, that's what she kept saying, Billy Morrow's outside. And I'm like, huh? Ooh, I, what are you talking about? I was kind of stoned. And uh, <laughs> then she said, um, do you have a back door? And I said, yeah. There was a back door off of my little screened-in patio that you'd take the stairs down, a flight of stairs down to the backyard of the building, of the whole building. And I said, yeah, there's a back door. 
She says, Ty, Ty go through the back like she was being chased. And I didn't see anybody else. There was no one there. And she's just sweating like a pig. And I said, well, okay, fine. Um, go do your thing. So I said, well, right, maybe I opened the door for her and walked her back and she took, went on down the stairs. So then um, I forget if I locked the door or not. I can't remember that, that, that part. But I went back to the table, sat back down, picked up the joint, uh, took another couple of hits of that, passed it around to Aaron and Johnny, and uh, we're still getting, you know, still getting high. And all of a sudden, we, here she comes up the back door, the way I let her out. Billy Ball's outside, and he's coming in. And follow her, just following her, are nine narcotics officers chasing her in my house. And here is Rumi just smoking pot, hanging out after a long day of being a tuned out and dropped in hippie. So here I am, sitting at the desk, practically naked in our underwear, uh, uh, smoking marijuana. And, and here come nine narcotics agents with guns, chasing her with guns, chasing her right through my house. And she says, Billy Miles, I'll take these, coming in. And he thought she brought him in She brought them all in. And I went, what the fuck? So Aaron grabbed the lid, we called it lids back there, a lid of marijuana. Just a baggie, just some grass in it. Grabbed the marijuana and started to run across the room. And one narcotics officer tackled him to the floor, pulled, held the by the marijuana up in the air, and put the gun on it, put the pistol on the marijuana, and said, ah, you have to shoot the pot. Right? And now they're all over my house. Then this big fat matron cop starts going, they handcuff us, and this big fat matron cop is going through all my stuff, looking for more stuff. I said, you're wasting your time. There's nothing else here. You're wasting your time. And she's going through my headdress. In fact, she was, that's where the headdress was in the photo you just sent me from Hollywood Babylon. That was there. I used that earlier in a show. And it was in my closet, plus all my high heels and, and disco platform boots and everything else. She's going through everything looking for more weed. Tearing my house apart in front of us. And there's nothing else. I said, you're wasting your time. Finally, they take the three of us and brought us downstairs into the basement with six more junkies that are already busted down there in the basement. Threw us in with the junkies downstairs. Then they call for a paddy wagon. And, um, then they booked us at Park Station. Once they arrived at the station, Johnny was picked up by his rock and roll groupie mother. Aaron and Rumi weren't so lucky. Bounding in my head, trying to find a reason to get out of bed. We sat there after the booking until they transferred us to Bryant Street, to the jail. And then uh, they... they as they were giving us a cell block, and a whole bunch, like 50 men in line with that booked or pre-booked, going into a big cell block where all the men went together. Uh, and they had little pods, open pods within the block. So they told, they were letting the men in one by one by one. And then the sergeant came down the line and said, you and me and Aaron go to the back of the line. But that's strange, you didn't explain why. So finally, when they let all the men in, the sergeant came up to me and said, pardon me, we're just wondering, are you two homo? 
At that point, I slapped Aaron and said, what do you mean, homo? I said, well, when I get out of here, I'm going to give me some pussy. Oh, my God. Rumi, come on. But I guess a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. The alternative to going in with a bin would be directly across from the men where they wanted to put us, that I later learned when I was in there with the men. Uh, the alternative was something they had at Bryan Street, I don't know if they have it anymore, called the Queen Tank. And in, if you go into the Queen Tank and you're a new recruit, their facilities were a little bit different. They had open pods, like open cells within the big cell. You had your own little cellette. But they were open inside. That means anybody else in the other cells could come over and get in your cell. And so if you were a new arrival in the queen tank, you were one raped, cut, and traded for cigarettes down the line the first night. Because you could still smoke in jail. Raped, traded, and cut. Uh, for, money for cigarettes. Now, I don't remember. I guess you could still smoke or something because I remember the queens used to do favors for the, uh, the guys the, the guys of the men. Somehow money would transfer, but they we always had cigarettes. Anyway, I didn't want to go in the queen tank or put Aaron in there because I, I, I didn't like it. So we went in with the men. I said, yeah, pussy juice. Yeah, yeah, give me some pussy. So sadly, uh, the reason why it would call attention to me being gay was uh, I was wearing women's culottes when I was arrested. Uh, basically, uh, all I was able to put on was some women's culottes. And culottes are this, like, it's a little top, halter top and bottom, <coughs> a really bottom. I had to put, I put on that. That's how I went to jail. So while I'm in with the men, the men were nice enough to me, uh, because I was older. And they said, um, pardon me, we were just wondering, but why are you wearing women's clothing? And I said, you know what? These are my wives. They didn't even let me have a chance to put on my own clothes. And us. I had to, uh, uh, you know, pull something, pull something on really quick by some, with something on my wife. This is ridiculous. It's a pussy juice. God damn, a pussy juice. <laughs> Rumi, like a good big brother, looked after Aaron to make sure he wasn't picked on by their jailmates. They were calling him Hot Lips Margaret, and they were saying, when the lights go out tonight, we're going to bust your butt. We're going to bust your butt. I guess they, so he was terrified. He was crying. Oh, Rumi, I don't know what to do. I said, oh, they're just jiving. Just jive back with them. They said, you're going to bust their butt first. Right? I wouldn't let them scare. They weren't scaring me. And I just, you know, would show it right back to them. No, these are my wives. But I, I just would not admit I was gay. But I saw the queens, and they were like hard-bitten whores and trannies. Just across from us. They would perform for us. They would make drag out of their little jail uniforms they tie them in a knot and do little shows and it was really really amusing so uh i told aaron lie so what happened was the lights did go out we were there all day and i had a show to do that night uh halloween weekend as mick jagger one of the two nights we were doing leg rules i had a show to do so i thought oh god i'm canceled i'm not gonna be able to do the Godhead show so uh, uh uh finally the lights went out and then out of nowhere. And we heard about 20 minutes after the lights went, Miss Abu Robinson, because I had no idea I was Rumi Miss with no idea. And he was Aaron Robinson there. He's really now Aaron Green, but he was using Robinson at the time. 
Patty Smith gave him another new name. But anyhow, uh, we were bailed out, and out. Downstairs was the director of Elevator Girls and Bondage, Michael Kalman, and the coquette hippie doctor, Leons, bailed us out. And um, then uh, the, uh, I ran to the theater and did the show that night. And that, my friends, is a queer core quickie. Now, folks, our next episode is our swan song, or maybe it's not. Regardless, it's going to be our holy grail. I hope you're ready. It's the impossible but true story about the mother of the rainbow flag. One woman against the world. Lynn Segerbloom, a.k.a. Rainbow Fairy Arkyle. Taking it a step further, dancing with rainbow flags, and making a dream realized. I'd like to have credit for being the designer, the actual yeah. designer. And I am the dyer, and I actually sewed part of it too. We were on the floor, James McNamara and I, in the gallery, pinning and clipping, pinning and clipping, and um, you know, how to, how to make the hem, how much fabric and everything. And then it became obvious that I, I'm going to have to just dye stuff like a crazy person because to get it done. Again, this is August from the Queer Core Podcast. Our theme song is Silicone Valley by Silka Berlin and the Addictions. Loose Teeth is a song by Parker and her band called Parker. I saw her perform when she was underage at a bar, but we don't rat. It was in downtown NYC. She's getting better and better, so keep an eye out. Our producer is David Newtown. Go, 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 folks. Follow us on Instagram at the LGBTQ History Project. As always, please consider donating at lgbtqhp.org slash donate. Until next time, peace out.